and longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first-time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you stink. It's Willard and Dibs. <laughs> on 95.7 The Game. I called it a two-bagger to you in the other room, but I don't know that it's not a three-bagger. It oh. might be gone. It might be an inside-the-park home run, and here's what I mean by that. Um, in our business, uh, there's things about, like, when something hits the front page, and then when it's called, quote-unquote, old news. And it's our job to kind of read the room, uh, read the emotion of the fans, kind of know what people are thinking. And for a story to last, like for it to be Mm kind of the lead deal that everyone's thinking about for two full days, that's big. That means it's really, really big. I don't know that this one isn't three days. I don't know that it's not four days. The 49ers play in 48 hours. The Warriors even though there are good reasons, just got wildly embarrassed on back-to-back days. Carlos Rodon is being introduced, um, yet this is a two-bagger. Like, there is still so much more to say and feel about what just happened with the San Francisco Giants and Carlos Correa. And I think the reason is not because of just what happened. I think that part takes, it's kind of a 24-hour cycle for everyone to know it, and go, okay, now we want to know what happened. But this feels like it's going to have such an intense ripple effect that is going to affect the organization for weeks, months, and years Yes, that I'm nowhere near done with it yet. And the Giants made it that way in part because they haven't done anything yet. Had they come out yesterday immediately and had something to say or held some kind of presser or anything. We could have digested that and kicked that around. And then today we're probably opening up with the Warriors. We do have sound. We do have sound. We have sound from the San Francisco Giants. Here it is. Mm -hmm. All right, so. Riveting. React. What do you think about what Farhan just had to say? I'm blown away, okay. first of all. Does that change your opinion on anything? I completely understand. The Giants this are in the right. Crazy. It is. It is. Uh, RB24. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. That's the promo code they're going to use to try and sign Michael Conforto. <laughs> no, but, but the fact that they haven't said, like, that's what gets things through the news cycle so quickly now, right? It's, okay, here's the story. Here's everything to think about it. We get everything so quickly. Everybody talks about it. Everybody gets their takes. Okay, now what's the next thing? The takes haven't stopped on the Giants because we don't know what the hell happened. Well, and, and there's this. And, and by the way, just digging their grave. Yeah, so 888-957-9570. If you haven't gotten uh, your your thoughts, your take off, we took so many calls yesterday, but uh, not done yet. Mike Silver is going to join us in 24 minutes. It's not going to be... Uh, 
uh, three full hours of of, uh, of you yelling about Correa, but that can be, I don't know, two and a half. Like, you know, give us a call. We would love to be your platform for your venting. Uh, you can also do it on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Hello, Twitch and YouTube, and especially hello, YouTube, because you're back. We're back. Yesterday, what a crappy day to lose out on YouTube. The whole oh. stream was down. Come on, YouTube. What are you doing? But anyway, got that thing all figured out, and so those of you who are watching, consuming, and commenting there, good morning, and thank you so much for being here. This made me laugh. So Tom Verducci, right? Sports Illustrated. You sent this to me in the middle of the day yesterday, and it, and it looks like the link is like, okay, inside the story of what happened with Carlos Correa. Full disclosure, I sent it prior to reading. Okay. So I'm like, okay, here's the deal. You know one of these Verducci Sports Illustrated, like, all right, I'm going to click on that when I've got a good 27 minutes to sit down and read through it. So when I did, I clicked on it, and then I scrolled one time, and there was Verducci's name. In other words, it's like three paragraphs. The inside scoop is, yeah, he was there, and then... They were like, hang on a second. And then they never called again and he left. There's your inside scoop. Like, we still don't know a damn thing about what it was that percolated in their head, that freaked them out, which is only whether they like it or not and whether it's true or not. I hope you understand, Giants. If you want to hide behind the HIPAA, if you don't want to talk about this, then guess what? We get to just go ahead and make up our own damn story. Correct. And I know exactly what it feels like happened because your timeline doesn't work. And even if your timeline does work, we know that you're scared about an ankle injury that happened before his career started and his career's been great to this point. So that's the my very first and maybe even only question when we get to this mythical press conference that's never going to happen. <laughs> you don't need to tell me what the injury is. You need to tell me why something scared you that he's been playing with for eight years at an all-star level. And, and explain the timeline. How did you just find out about this thing? And why did you offer this deal without having the full picture in a scenario where it just it, it, I make it make sense. There's no explanation. I w- I also need to know I the story I want as mu- almost as much as I want the inside story from the Giants' perspective is what's been going on over the last 24 hours over there at Third and King. What conversations are they having? Are well, they like okay pivot Michael right. Conforto? So or are they are they on social media? Are they aware <laughs> of the reaction? Yeah, they're aware. They're aware. That's their job. But their but their their lack of awareness is stunning. Yes. Like here's a visual because it's their job. Right. So here's a visual, and I, I texted you about this this morning, um, and and believe you me, blame goes to everybody, and I'm not here to take it from anyone. But here's a visual because all I can do for a second is go. All right, I want to try to be in let's say Farhan's shoes yesterday. Mm-hmm. If I'm Farhan. And Greg Johnson, I don't know who did what, but let's just, because you won't speak, we got to speculate. Greg Johnson says, you know what, Farhan, I'm not comfortable with this. $350 million, and we've got an ankle injury in 
in uh, in 2014 that that we feel could become chronic, and so I'm not comfortable with this. If I'm Farhan, I look at my boss and I go, "Hey, boss, do you want to fire me now or tomorrow? Because if you don't call Scott Boris back and we don't do this deal, I'm dead. Yeah, there's not a damn thing I can say to the public. Yeah, there is nothing I can do." If we renege on Carlos Correa, what does Greg Johnson say to him at that point? Sorry, buddy. Comes with the territory. Can't fire me. I own the damn joint. Yeah. Is that because if I'm Farhan, I'm throwing a chair off the wall in the office. And he might have. Going, you have to go through with this press conference because if you don't, you might as well pink slip me right here today. I can't survive this. No matter if I'm right, wrong, an innocent bystander, doesn't matter. How are you going to help me survive this? So that's a visual that went through my head as we try to guess what happened. And if Farhan didn't do that, then again, a stunning lack of awareness in terms of how the fan base is feeling, how the city is feeling, and gosh, I bet how the actual players on the team are feeling. If I'm Brandon Crawford, I'm like, what a joke. What a joke. Yeah. You kidding me? You had guys, you had guys play 162 on, more games and get me out of here. This had, is ridiculous. You had guys on social media actively recruiting players, like trying to get out there. And I'm sure there was stuff behind the scenes, phone calls made, texts sent. We had, we had a whole conversation, or you and Dibs had a whole conversation about, like, who's the Giants guy? Like, who who's getting on the horn to try and close this deal? So I'm sure some of that happened in the background. But you're right. What is this? Is Farhan saying things internally? Is he getting ready to quit because he's handcuffed to this extreme? Was he? I, I there's there are so many questions that need to be answered here, and all of the answers point toward this going down the wrong road. Hmm. I can't think of a thing hmm. they could say or do I, where we'd be like, "Oh, okay, this is well, good." No, this is, and I get Farhan has a job. He has to. Okay, his job now. If ownership pulled the plug, is to now pivot and try to put a winner on Go the field. Go get other players, yeah. But, I'm not surprised that they want Michael Conforto, even though they've already got 27 left-handed outfielders. But okay, yeah, go get Michael Conforto. Maybe he's going to hit 30 home runs. Sure, he's a good baseball player if he plays, mm-hmm. but super ironic that you do pass all of these other oft-injured players through their physicals, but not Carlos Correa. I get it. I mean, here's another visual. Let's say this press conference does happen. What would you ask? And how do you think they would answer it? There isn't, there isn't a great answer. They can't answer a lot of the questions. Yet, it's amazing that they don't understand. you got to do it anyway. I think a good first question is, uh, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Talk to us about <laughs> this. Well, I, I, I think, uh, yes, the very first question is, can you please take us through your version of the events as they unfolded? Right. Right? And you can you can go ahead and hide behind the. I'm not going to tell you what the medical said, but you can take us through the timeline, and then that's going to open them up to a thousand other questions. And I think that's how you have to even phrase that question: is like, don't need to know the medicals. Take us through the timeline. I don't need to know the medicals, but I I, I can I can ask for a timeline on the medicals mm-hmm. again. Are, are, are we to understand that something popped on the medical report that you didn't know about two weeks before? You didn't know about when you... Because Scott Boris, did everyone catch this? He literally said yesterday, everything had been furnished to the Giants 
They saw this, and they chose to negotiate with the player. Yes. So he made the statement that the Giants were aware of this and chose to enter negotiations and offer 13 years and $350 million and then use something that they already knew about to back out of the deal. And then, if you read between what Scott said, that is in black and white on the Internet right now with quotation marks around it. And then let's take that piece of information and let's take what Susan Slusser reported for the San Francisco Chronicle that morning that they were awaiting the results of tests. What tests? Right. And did, did you ever get them? MRI results? There's another. Did, did you ever get X-ray the results? Did you ever get the results? Were they good? You don't need to tell me what. No, well, that's the now. Oh, yeah. Nope, okay, sorry. No. Don't okay, need, no, can't no, answer no. that. Okay, you're right. You can't. Yeah. Did you, did, did you get the results? Right. Are you still waiting? What what testing? What what takes that it's long? So funny. Like you know, what just went through my head is I got MRI results for me, right, not an athlete. Right, FYI, right? <laughs> well, that's the that's a funny thing. It's kind of like hotels who are like we're booked. No, you're not. Right. You can have a room up there. Right. It's like I, I just you thought of Cam. I just thought of Cam Newton. Remember when USC had to wait a year and a half for it to go for the infractions committee with the NCAA and then there was a Cam Newton Auburn related infraction 2 weeks before whatever they paid for expedited shipping they got the they're like up oh, he's cleared national championship games in yes. in 10 days yes. you're the giants awaiting test results get expedited shipping right like right <laughs> what whatever you're waiting for you're the giants you can move to the front of the line but also have that done how are you waiting for that? The, still, the morning of the presser, you. This was deal was announced days ago. The man was here and he got dressed. He got dressed and ready for the press conference. He was in his press conference. Do you realize? Like I would love, and that's the other press conference I'd love to be at. I'm not going to because it's going to be in New York once he passes his physical today. Which is today. But I would love to be in the Carlos Correa press conference and dive into the emotions he was feeling when he got on that plane to leave San Francisco, potentially still in a suit. Mm -hmm. I hope for his sake he got into something more comfortable. Maybe some joggers. Before he headed to SFO. He's got a gang of Lululemon joggers, right? Like just a stack of them. For sure, yeah. And some of them have those little electronic clickers inside and some don't. But anyway, right? Like... What what are you feeling? What are you? Th- he had to be livid. So that's what livid, I, embarrassed. The New York lost, media lost thirty five mil. New not, York not media is going to ask. New York media will find out. Do you know what though? Will they? Because I think so. They'll ask, but they're going to ask it through the lens of "We got you." Like their focus is the Mets, not the train wreck of the Giants. If you even read, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to go into a lot of the people who have written about this. From John Heyman to Jeff Passan, Verducci, Rosenthal. Like, a Giant fan keeps diving into these articles going, all right, tell me what went down. And it's like two sentences, and then they're like, so, Steve Cohn's got a big old thing, and he's now the guy that runs baseball. And Steve did this. He was sipping martinis. Steve did that. He's in Hawaii, and uh, he had flip-flops on. And then, he's on his third drink, and it was the middle of the night, and uh, he's got a whole ton of money, and the other owners all hate him, because he's kind of the Joe Lake of a bait. Like, the article is 18 paragraphs, and only two of them are like, so the Giants totally messed this up. Now let's talk about Steve Cohn for the (laughs) next Hour. Because nobody it's knows like, what the Giants did. Right, right. And in New York, nobody cares. They've got Judge. 
They've got Correa. They've got Rodon. They've got Kodai Senga. They've got Brandon Nemo. And they've got the Warriors' dignity. They've got all of those things just in the last three weeks. The 49ers need to play the Giants in round one. Totally. The New York Giants. And smoke them by 40. That has to happen. And even then, it won't make up for it. Paul in San Jose. Mike Silver's coming on in 10 minutes. By the way, Mike Silver yesterday made some really interesting comments about Trey Lance. Mm. And so that's coming up in 10 minutes. Paul in San Jose, hey, uh, you're on Willard and Dibs. That's Kyle who's in for Dibs. What are you doing, Paul? Uh, driving home from work. Driving home from work? What do, you, what do you do, Paul? I work at a grocery store. Oh! Usually the night shift. Uh, you're talking to two people who literally, if we weren't doing what we were doing, we'd be working at a grocery store. I love grocery. Like, I went we to two grocery stores last we're night. The, we're two of the only men on the planet who go to the grocery store on purpose, like three times a day. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Paul. Hey, I just wa- I was talking to one of my friends to tell him congratulations on cr- cr- the Giants getting credit. And then on Tuesday, I heard that he wasn't going to do his press conference. And so then on Wednesday, I was talking to... My friend at work and I go, hey, congratulate! What what happened to Korea? And he's all, he's with the Mets now. I said, that's awesome. And I said because I'm a huge Mets fan, my license plate says MTS fan. But I just want to know, are the Giants and the A's going to be the same, where they're going to not sign anyone big or let people go? You know what? The comparison gets made a lot. Paul, thanks so much, and congratulations on every player in the history of ever and all of your money. So that's that's wonderful. But the the A's Giants thing. The comparison happens a lot. For me, there's actually only one thread because they're not being run the same. The A's are actually doing a good job of drafting, and then they give them away. The Giants have not gone through the process. I don't know if they will someday. We'll see. Luciano comes up. He's a star, and then they're like, ah, too expensive. See you later. (laughs) I doubt that, but that would be the A's process. The Giants' process is very different. As I called them yesterday, they are risk-averse. Uh, they love to get into the fray. The A's don't even get into the fray. The Giants get into the fray and then bumble the whole thing once they're in there, seemingly repeatedly, or make an effort to finish second because they want to feel, it's almost like imposter syndrome, like mm-hmm. want to feel like we're one of the big boys, but they don't have, actually have the wherewithal to follow through with that so far. The only thread that I see is inept ownership. It's inept ownership that is focused way more on their own bottom line than the experience their fans are having. And I'm not expecting any business owner to make it all about their customers. However, I always find it incredibly short-sighted when a business doesn't want happy customers because that's a reinvestment in your business. That's what Joe Lacob understands. Right. And that's that's one of the kind of underlying bigger picture subplots here is the athletic there was a story that MLB owners hate Steve Cohn because he spends his money. And we've heard that same thing about Joe Lacob and the Warriors and how they're trying to redo the rules so the Warriors can't spend all this money. Brian Windhorst will switch over to baseball if the Mets win the World Series this year just to do a live hit at Citi Field so he can say this is a checkbook championship. Because it will be. That's right. Yeah. I didn't take offense when he said it about the Warriors, and I don't think a Mets fan would take offense. Now, baseball, it's hard. You can't just put the Mets, give them the World Series now, like baseball is different. But that's the point of owning a team. 
should be to try and win. Right. And it, and it appears, it's appeared across the bay, believe me, for a long time, that That's not their the baseball team does not want to win. And it now, and this is why this stings so much and why this is lingering so much here on this side of the bay, is because it now appears the Giants are in that same bucket. After touting for the entire Farhan era of like, just wait for it. Right. Hang on, just wait for it. Right. Okay, here it comes. And then they got it, and then they went, oh, actually, that's not us. You ever see the movie Catch Me If You Can? Leo DiCaprio? One time. One time. Okay, that's good, because usually when I ask you the movie question, the answer is either no or huh? Ask me about a Netflix Christmas movie, and I got you. (laughs) I was on Netflix last night, watched Christmas Chronicles with the kids for the 800th time, but it was just, you know. You watch a new Lindsay Lohan joint? No. Very good. No, and I I probably never will. It's bad, but as Christmas movies go... You want it to suck. Fair enough. But the reason I bring up Catch Me If You Can, the Leo DiCaprio, right, the uh, the fake check writing business, basically, that he built, is this is now, at least today, this is what the Giants feel like to me. Like, you, you're writing checks that you can't cash or you won't. You don't have it. It is a full imposter syndrome deal. You want to be living the high life and in the high-rent district and tell everybody you're one of the big boys. And quite frankly, here's what's crazy. You are. Mm-hmm. You already are. The Giants are. We went through this a few weeks ago. They're a top seven brand in baseball, there's no doubt. But brands can be driven into the ground. Yes. And so here you are. You are you're not the penthouse. You're not the Yankees and Dodgers. But you're definitely in the next crew. You're definitely in the next group of teams. And that's what you were given. And you want to act like... Penthouse, champagne, bottle service, but then when the check comes, you're always conveniently in the bathroom so that anybody else can pick that thing up. Don't call me out like that. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's an elite move. Let's see that wait. wait, that uh, waiter's coming over. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't feel good. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do the thing where you're like, "Hey, I don't," and you like kind of grab so your good. stomach and you're like, "Right," because that hey, would stay in there for yeah. a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm firing off tweets, <laughs> chucking scores. Yeah. All right, quote that atle- that athleticism that they saw. You know, when you're running circles around Middle Tennessee State, that's cool, but that's not the SEC. I think they thought he can get outside a little more. And I think Kyle was running him inside because he couldn't get outside. That's what Mike Silver said yesterday about Trey Lance. He joins us next. Then we continue with your phone calls at 888-957-9570. And don't forget, 957thegameshot.com. Harry in South City bought two of your DPOY shirts just yesterday. Thank you, Harry. All of that is what's up next on the game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Yeah, here we are. And this, and I hope Mike Silver, man, we love you, but I also hope you're honored. This right here will be the first 10-minute stretch since Carlos Correa became a Met where we are not screaming and yelling about Carlos Correa and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, How does that make you feel, Mike Silver? I definitely feel honored, and I I did somehow get drawn into it a little on 
social media yesterday, which is ridiculous because I don't follow baseball very closely. And back before I took the Chronicle job and was able to just be a fan since I don't cover baseball, uh, I've been an A's fan in my past. So try telling someone who's followed the A's closely <laughs> that, oh, no, we didn't get to pay this guy $350 million. Uh But I would say this, you know, if uh, if – a team really believes a guy is an injury risk. If that's real, then you probably don't want to commit 350, but we'll see how it all plays out. I think Giants fans are, are understandably frustrated. Yeah, I, I will say this about it, and this was one of the 28 thoughts that went through my head on the first couple hours of the Korea News. Mike Silver, San Francisco Chronicle, joining us as he always does here on 95.7 The Game. One of my thoughts was, if you had told me three months ago uh, the Giants offseason would be a massive bust. The Warriors are going to be under 500. But thank God we've got Brock Purdy. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, my head would have exploded. Like, this is, this is the most ridiculous three months I've ever watched unfold. Hey, a lot's going on right now. Uh, Cal basketball is on a run that will surely end in the Final Four. Just kind of <laughs> I if you guys saw my Bears. We're, we're taking over. Did you see what USF did to ASU last night? How about that? I haven't followed a lot of hey. college basketball this year. It's been a rough, been a rough stretch. I hear you. I hear you. But anyway, is I mean, that's sort of where we're at. And, and, and I think he's answered all the questions that we've asked so far. But can Brock Purdy handle this? He's kind of like, like he's the guy now for the whole city is on his back. Well, you know how these things go, right? So uh, he passed a big test on Thursday. That was, um, you know, on the road, loud stadium, um, you know, team fighting for its playoff life, and he was hurt. So passed a lot of tests, really. Um, there's gonna there there will be another test at some point, presumably, and that will be, hey, we're behind at the end. We need you to drive us down the field and make some throws and win this game for us um and you know or just being behind in general and you know he will probably ultimately be judged by the same standard that jimmy garoppolo was judged and jimmy garoppolo has had great stretches including this season where it all looks good but heaven forbid he throw an interception late or not be able to drive the team down you know in a montana-esque mahomes-esque fashion and you know, we, we've seen what happens. So I, maybe Mr. Purdy, because he's young and because it's fairy tale, will get kid gloves. But I would imagine that if they're down 14 to the commanders and he's not able to bring them back into that game, that all of a sudden people will say, well, is he a front runner? Um, and look, they're good enough, this 49er team, that we may not find that out until the playoffs or the Super Bowl or even next year, but at some point, that's a big test. You were on our show a while back, and you said that the one thing the 49ers can't do at quarterback next season is go in with Trey Lance as option A, and that's the only option, and that they might bring in like a veteran to either back him up or compete with him. Is Brock Purdy playing well enough, or have we seen enough to think that he could be that second option alongside Trey Lance where they wouldn't have to go make a significant investment at quarterback? Well, he might be that first option. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's for Kyle to answer, but um, I would say this. 
I, you could definitely, I think, if Brock Purdy continues to, you know, he doesn't have to be, you know, he, he can have bumps, but if Brock Purdy still looks like, looks the part, I think you could definitely have a scenario where you go into next season with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance as your two guys, and they're both under rookie contracts. You don't have, you know, there's no pressure. You can just roll out the ball and let them compete in training camp. I believe that based on what we've seen so far, Brock Purdy would be a heavy favorite, but you never know. Um, I also think there's a scenario where there's a bridge quarterback and you keep one or both uh, of the other two. I mean, they're definitely keeping Brock Purdy's in year one of the cheapest rookie deal ever, and I would I would assume they're keeping Trey Lance too. But, you know, if Tom Brady, for example, which we talked about, uh, wanted to come for a year or whatever, um, you know, you might think about that, again, depending upon how giddy they are about Brock Purdy by the time this is all said and done. But I do think it changes that scenario where, you know, you talk about a veteran like a Matt Ryan or or somebody else. I think they probably feel good enough about Purdy that the Purdy-Lance-only scenario is is much more prominent. Uh, Mike Silver with us here, 95.7 The Game. Speaking of the Lance stuff, I saw a quote attributed to you yesterday that essentially said you thought that Trey Lance was being run inside a lot because he can't run outside maybe the way that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers were hoping he would be able to. It was one of the first, I know we still don't fully know who Trey Lance is going to be, it was one of the first things I saw someone say that would suggest an admission by the 49ers that they maybe didn't get quite what they thought they were getting with Trey Lance. Is that fair? Well, I was talking with Colin Coward on his podcast, The Volume, and um, yeah, we, we got into that, and you know, a lot of fans have been up in arms, especially after he got hurt. Like, why do they keep running him inside? And I do think there is an element of, hey, he's not exactly racing around the edge, and you know, some quarterbacks can do that. Um, you know, Josh Allen can get there. Uh, obviously, Lamar can. Justin Fields can. Um, he, he, you know, and, and I've heard it suggested to me that maybe when you look at him running circles around, uh, you know, who can I insult? Uh, the UC Davises of the world. Sorry, Aggies. You know, I love, you, you, know, I love <laughs> you know, I love Davis and you know, I love the Aggies. But, Fingers up. uh, when you're running around people at a lower level of competition, it may not be the same as, you know, watching Justin Fields on tape, let alone, uh, translating to the NFL. So, um, you know, there's a lot to really like about Trey Lance. I want to remind people, like, the intelligence jumped out at them uh, and still does. Um, obviously, they love his makeup as a person. And that deep ball was going to be a real thing had he stayed healthy, I believe. It would have changed that offense and, and given them, you know, some downfield options. Um, you know, the, the real problem was the accuracy and the consistency he was not consistently accurate. Um, you know, I, I reported that over the offseason. People saw it with their own eyes over training camp and, and in the preseason and, and early in the season. It uh, doesn't mean it's an insurmountable thing. But, um, you know, look, <laughs> if you trade three ones for a guy um, and it doesn't work out in the NFL, you're almost certainly fired and your franchise is set back years under normal conditions you trade three ones and take a guy at three uh they might get away with it and i'm not saying trail won't be good but if he isn't 
They still might get away with it because the guy they took at 262 may be good. So uh, it, it's, we've still got a long way to go, but it is a remarkable story and a, and a testament to the the overall roster they built. So is there a chance that, let, let's let's say Trey Lance and Brock Purdy have a competition next year, Trey Lance wins the competition, he's a starter week one. Do you think that maybe we'll see a different version of the 49ers offense? Like Kyle Shanahan's kind of rethinking how he can use Trey Lance effectively, knowing that, okay, he doesn't maybe have the speed that they thought he did? Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle will always try to give it up, you know, to his player's strength, and he's great at that. Um, I think he already had seemed to concede that, you know, that speed on the edge wasn't going to be a hallmark of what they were doing with Trey Lance. And Kyle loves to run the boots and get the quarterback on the move. So I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just saying um, they needed to have a quarterback running threat. I, I felt like when, as Trey was figuring it out, the threat wasn't going to be to the outside. So they were trying to manufacture one to the inside. That's, this is my very amateurish way of assessing it. It's obviously much more intricate than that. But I would say this, um, you know, the way they are constructed um, currently as an offense was based around Jimmy's strengths. Um, you know, getting the ball out very quickly and accurately into tight spaces so that those guys can run with the ball after the catch. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. Uh, that's kind of how they were built. McCaffrey gives you another dimension because he's so versatile as is Debo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Trey Lance was not fitting into that offense. He was not seeing it and getting rid of it quickly and accurately in those tight windows that Jimmy was. Um, again, very intelligent guy, can develop, can do some other things well. But I, I think you had a team that was constructed around Jimmy's strengths, and it wasn't necessarily translating to, to Trey's. And, you know, a guy like Danny Gray, who they drafted to take the top off the defense, who we've barely seen, theoretically could have thrived uh, in whatever the offense would have been with Trey. Uh, Mike, we, we've been down this road before last year. Uh, all kinds of differences this year, but but I think still hard to predict. So I'll ask you, now that Jimmy Garoppolo has another injury situation and it will take him into the off season, what do you think his market looks like? I think it's good, man. I think this is a big win for Jimmy. And, you know, it bummed me out when he got hurt, obviously, because he, he it's been such a cool story an unlikely story, and he's played really, really well. I wrote right before that injury that he's playing at Pro Bowl level, and I'll stand by that because Kirk Cousins made it. You know, like I feel like that one of those NFC spots was there for the taking if Jimmy had kept it rolling. Uh, and in a way, it ends well for him financially because he did enough, I think, that he showed other teams, like, oh, his shoulder's good, he's playing at a really high level. We like this guy. We can win with this guy. Um, he didn't have to go through a playoff and maybe have another moment where, oh, God, he threw an interception in Philadelphia and that doomed them where people overreacted. Uh, you know, and, you know, yes, his team is thriving without him, but they're a very, very good team. So I think Jimmy, you know, the only silver lining for him, and it's, it's a very thin one, is I think he 
it positioned himself well for next year. I do not think he'll be back with the Niners, but I think he will be a starter somewhere, and I think it will be a competitive market for his services. So that that's that was going to be the next question I was going to ask. Has the door kind of I don't I don't never say never, but has the door mostly closed on him returning? Well, the door closed when they traded three ones to draft Trey Lance. <laughs> it closed more when. <laughs> Uh, after Jimmy played hurt and got them to the precipice of the Super Bowl, they told him, hey, it's Trey Lance's team. And it closed even more when they had him throwing on the field as a sideshow during trading camp. And then it kind of opened back up just a little bit in their mind when he was out there bawling and leading them, uh, you know, to the point where they were able to clinch a division in mid-December. Uh, but I think if you're Jimmy, you're not exactly like, man, I'm just, I'm going to do anything to come back here. Right. Again, it's all good. Like, it's been a great story, but if I'm Jimmy, I'm trying to get out too and go somewhere where they believe in me as the guy. Uh, Mike, great stuff as always. Uh, happy holidays to you. Enjoy, uh, enjoy this weekend and, uh, and, uh, we're, uh, we're out of here next week. So we'll, we'll talk to you in the new year. Awesome. It'll be great. And there will be, uh, Hopefully, a new giant uh, free agent signee we can get into by then. Very, very <laughs> exciting. They are combing double A teams all over the nation to see who they would like to acquire. Hey, try, try walking a mile in the A's shoes. Man. No, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. I feel like I've, I feel like I've walked at least a half mile in the last 24 hours. Well, the A's have done it for 20 years. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. That scab is getting pulled all over the place. All right. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, uh, uh, Speaking of which, uh, you know how the A's go through all this thing, and, and they are also relatively quiet, unless Dave Cavill wants to come out and rip the Giants. That's usually when we hear right. it, right? Yeah. Dave will come out and be like, so, ha, 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 Giants, you stink too. I'm actually half surprised we haven't heard from him uh, over the last 24 hours. Uh, just some tweet that's like super told-you-so-esque. Um, but... I- Speaking of the what? No, go ahead. What? I, I blocked that guy or <laughs> muted him or something when when they won a game in Tampa Bay to get to like eight and six or whatever last year, and he's like, "Jump on the bandwagon, <laughs> very fun team." How you like me now? Like, eight you know, and there's six. A, you know, there's 162 of these things, right? <laughs> well, nope. At that point, there were only uh, 136 left. And then naturally, first year of the draft lottery, they were supposed to pick like second. Sixth. Sixth. See you later, A's. Oh, yeah, so... It's um, really... Different situations equal frustration, but allowing others to tell your story. That's a big part of what's happening right now, I think, with the Giants. Like, where are you? I mean, is there even an indication that you're going to speak? By the way, the answer is no. So Scott Boris has already been out in the public a little bit. Dot, dot, dot. He is again. Stay tuned in moments for what he said next. <laughs> oh, no. But... In the meantime, Aaron Judge had a press conference yesterday. Carlos Radon had a press conference moments ago. And Carlos Correa is going to pass a physical today and then have his own press conference. And to varying degrees, the Giants' ghost is sitting in all of those rooms. And yet, they still don't want to come out and say anything. So, Scott Boris is going to say more. He's never shied away from a microphone. So here's another piece of the story that you might find interesting. We know that Carlos was here. He was ready for the press conference. As Sports Illustrated reported yesterday, he was all dressed and ready to go. Turns out, 
it wasn't just Carlos. Here's Scott Boris via SNY. We were all in the hotel in San Francisco. He had his parents there, his brother, uh, his his wife's parents. It was uh, certainly a roller coaster for the Correa family. Was he in the room with you, or you called him in his room? I, I called him to my room. And, uh, so he came into your room? Yeah, he came into my room. What yeah. was his reaction? Um, he was obviously surprised, you know, as we all were, frankly. Obviously surprised. The pause with obviously surprised, I'm going to translate to mean obviously he was surprised and flipping furious. You got your mom, your dad, your brother. Hell, you flew out the in-laws. And they're all there waiting. Do you remember the video last week of him seeing his family after the contract agreement had taken place? The hugs, the tears that were flying down their faces because all of them knew we don't ever have to worry about money again. And guess what? That's still true. Right. That's still true. But to take not just this man on a ride, to take his family, his extended family on a ride, take this fan base on a ride. So many people are so correct in pointing out the ripple effect that has just taken place is not fully known. The damage that has been done is hard to describe right now because we actually don't even know. We don't know how far and how many years this is going to go. But I do know that now Scott Boris, the most powerful agent in sport, is now potentially going to share this story with every client he has when the San Francisco Giants show up on the phone. Carlos will share this with other players. And hell, quite frankly, they don't even have to. They can all read. And they can see what the Giants just did with the biggest contract they ever tried to sign. They took everybody on a really, really bad ride. So how can you blame everybody if they want to get off now? Yeah. I it's completely so, understand. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I, lo- I love the idea of Carlos being quote-unquote surprised. Like, oh, wow, okay. Okay, yeah, cool. We'll figure it out. Like, that wasn't... I mean, <laughs> what do we... So what do we do now? Yeah, right? and now again, what? Again, it's not... And it's really hard, I think, for sometimes for the, for the every people, like all of us. It's hard to go, oh, I'm supposed to feel sorry for the Correas. So in three hours, they turn $350 million into 315 Boo-hoo. And oh, by the way, Carlos Correa has already made generational money in, in his career. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not about that. It's never about that. Right. I do think sometimes we look at the ultra wealthy and go, so they're no longer human because they don't have problems and worries and experiences. And it's not true. It's just not true. Um, so they've taken an entire family on, on an awful ride and they did it in the middle of the most public of eyes. And and so now the whole baseball world knows. The whole baseball world knows. And that's what I can't figure out with regard to this executive crew from 
Johnson to Dean to Zaidi to Bear and poor Pete Patella, who's sitting over there going, dude, I haven't even put the paperweights on my desk yet. What are y'all doing? Meanwhile, the organization he left just won a title. Right. Right. And the player, who many of us guessed he probably had a key part in grabbing because he was with Houston when Carlos was there. So that group of five people somehow has decided to do this, and it seems, it appears that they believed they could back out of this without it being the largest explosion in the history of this organization. And if they think that, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to them. My first question, how... I keep saying my first question. Apparently I've got 17 first questions. But Your 17th question would be... How on earth did you think that backing out of this was going to resonate with your customers and with the rest of the sport. So which one's worse here? They thought about how it would resonate and went, don't care. Or they didn't think about how it would resonate with the fans. The second one. The idea that they didn't think that it would land this way, to me, lacks more awareness. I know that you're probably thinking the whole don't care thing, but it's like I've complimented the Giants in the past for how resolute they are. I love it when people believe so much in what they believe that their confidence is like we're doing it anyway. I mean, when they were winning 107 games, I complimented Farhan Zaidi for this mere fact. He hired Gabe Kapler in the face of everyone going, don't hire Gabe Kapler, don't, Farhan, don't, right. don't, because, no, because in Philly and because of the thing in L.A., don't do it. And Farhan went, yeah, we're doing it. And, and the very next year, he won manager of the year. And so it was like, dude, that's some resolute stuff right there. Like, that's really sticking to what you believe in. I love that. But, <laughs> but, but there's there's got to be a limit on that idea. To do this here, to say... You know, we believe so much that this contract is now bad. We believe that at such a level that we're either we don't care what the fans think, or as you put it, we don't know what the fans mm-hmm. think. I, I just, to me, all of that suggests that their head is so many feet beneath the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. That's and terrifying, that, 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 that lack of connectivity. There's two things I want to touch on real quick. I know we're up against it. One, this was a layup off season for them. Sign one of the 50 big names. Get, you have the money. Get one in the building. You're going to sell your stadium out. Yep. You're going to sell jerseys. The judge thing, I don't blame them. Aaron Judge wanted to go back to New yeah, York wasn't gonna pretty come. clearly. If you want to say they should have given $450 million, fine. That, but that, that's not how that works. So fine. But this, and they they messed it up and had nothing for their fan base to be like, sorry, here's the plan moving forward. And that's why Joseph Dodson on the YouTube chat brought up something. He said, it's a sad situation, but you have to move on now. Uh, Totally. But we, you can't move on until you know what happened. Right. The the reason this is still an issue is because the Giants haven't said Uh, anything to anyone. I'll tell you why we're not moving on yet. Uh, I texted with a friend of mine who recently got a promotion. Boop. Yeah. So I congratulated him this morning. 
Say, hey, congrats on the promotion. You want to know what he texted me back? He goes, thank you so much, Mark. And no red flags came up in my physical. The deal went through. I texted him right back. I go, too soon, brother. <laughs> Way too soon. That's why we're not moving on yet. Because we're not emotionally there yet. Your phone calls on this at 888-957-9570. Coming up next, this is all brought to you by Outdoor Supply Hardware. It's Willard and Dibs. That's Kyle in for Dibs on 95.7 The Game.